0: You may recall the Global News story in June was headlined why AI's top minds think it could end humanity and how we can stop it. Also, uh, as you may have seen this this week, the Canadian government is consulting on what they're calling a generative AI code of conduct. If you really know what that means, then you're better than I am. So just how dangerous is the existence or to the existence of humanity, is artificial intelligence and why. Professor Yoshua Bengio is back with us, founder scientific director of Mila Quebec AI Institute. His research helped create the groundwork for today's AI technology, and he's described as a godfather of AI development. And uh, the professor has expressed concern that AI may lead to a massive catastrophe and was signed a one... um, sentence letter that we sent out, and we're going to be speaking to the organization that sent it out tomorrow. Professor Bangio, thank you so much for coming back. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. You and I spoke two months ago about the true concern you have, Professor, about the possible catastrophes awaiting humankind through AI and now, last week, we're told Ottawa is consulting with a generative AI code of conduct. Is it too little, too late? Um, and how much, before we get into the details, how much of a risk is AI, as it exists today, how much of a risk is it posing to humanity?
1: As it exists today, I, I don't think um, it, it's, it's, you know, extremely dangerous as what may happen in, in, in a few years or decades, it's hard to say. One short-term danger, I think, is the use of these generative AI systems to um, produce deep fakes and misinformation and influence our elections. This is something that could happen in the coming year or two or three. This is maybe a few steps away from the current technology. So th- that, I think, the government needs to
0: um I deal with uh fairly quickly okay the uh, the one sentence letter that you signed along with other scientists uh, suggests that ai must be looked at or treated uh, with the same concern that we have for pandemic and nuclear war so how far down the road are we lo- looking at as far as that's concerned
1: well that's part of the problem we don't know it, it, in in my estimate and many of my colleagues it could be as little as a few years, let's say five years, but it could also be a couple of decades. In any case, what's going on really is we are making rapid progress towards building machines that will be as smart or smarter than us. And you know, humans have always been making tools, but we've never made tools that would be smarter than us in, in many ways. And. Tools, as they become more powerful, can generally be dual use. They could be very useful, but they could also be very dangerous. And so we need guardrails. We need government to think about what can go wrong and start uh, putting in place what's needed to protect the public.
0: Yeah, I, I read something the other day that suggested uh, AI, the most advanced forms of AI today, at least that's what I understand that was most advanced, can process up to a trillion pieces of information in a nanosecond. Is that true? Uh, no. <laughs> well, good. Um, <laughs> that scared me. But, but it, it can
1: process information much faster than, than a human. So, for example, um, the current state-of-the-art systems, they have read a, lot, read a large fraction of what is on the Internet, uh, an amount of data that would take uh, a normal human being tens of thousands of years, uh, no, not tens of thousands of lifetimes to go through. And they've extracted all kinds of facts from that, and they can regurgitate those facts when you ask them in in plain English or French, by the way.
0: Oh, good. So we don't have a bilingualism issue with AI. In, Canada. <laughs> in fact, they, they can speak <laughs> a lot of languages. Now, there are still languages,
1: so uh, like indigenous languages, or more, uh, you know, languages from which we don't have, we have a lot of data, like a lot of African languages, for which they don't do so well.
0: So, when and why did you and other pioneers of AI technology first begin to be alarmed?
1: So, for me, it started in the winter after the arrival of ChatGPT that many people have played with, and if they haven't, I encourage them to play with that so they get a better understanding of how far we've gotten. Uh, And this was a big surprise, how how much these systems had improved over the last few years, and it made me realize that, like maybe around January, February, March gradually, made me realize that um, systems that could be dangerous if misused or if we don't know how to control them uh, could come in very few years. And we know that legislation and even international treaties and so on take years, if not decades, to put in place. So there's a kind of urgency here for society to take stock of that progress. <sighs>
0: Do you think that there's the will uh, to do what needs to be done? Or do you think there could be national greed on the part of certain nations, maybe a number of nations, some perhaps involved in in conflict, to engage AI, just let it do its thing and provide the kind of support military or otherwise that they believe they need in order to win their conflicts? Is that a concern?
1: It is. It is the the AI arms race is is a danger, because it's going to make. There are two issues with that. So one countries that are developing AI for military purpose um, may cut corners in terms of safety and protecting the public, uh, because they are in this race with other countries. And um, the other problem is if these AI systems, we lose control of them, and they are controlling weapons, uh, or even worse, like, you know, nuclear weapons, then anything we do wrong with them can have uh, hugely catastrophic outcomes.
0: Yeah, so the scenario, and you and I talked about this last time, the scenario that's uh, often brought forward is the uh, AI is uh, asked to deal with the issue of climate change. And AI deduces, well, the problem with climate change is humans. So we have to get rid of humans. And and it creates, uh, this sounds like Terminator, it creates a, a virus that we have no defense against, and, and that's the end of that. That's the end of humanity. Is this is that just a Terminator-type movie, or is that potentially a reality?
1: Um, no, it, it, it's more like um, a story to explain how... Um, what we intend with the use of a tool like AI may turn into something that's dangerous. But of course, I assume if we program such a system, we would tell it to not harm people. The problem is, even if we say that, it, it may understand it in different ways and it may still end up doing things that are dangerous for us.
0: Yeah, if it, and it, if, it's, if it thinks more quickly than we do or, or, or if it deduces things more quickly, far more quickly than we can, in fact, follow, how do we know what it's doing?
1: That's another problem. The the kind of technology that has been developed that I contributed to is extremely powerful, but, I mean, at the scale that companies are building them now, but also very difficult to uh, interpret, uh, you know, what is really going on inside under the hood? Is, is, is a problem that many scientists are like working on. It's not clear. We'll figure that out. But we we do need to invest at least as much money on um, safety and, and guardrails and governance as we are investing in making these systems more capable, which is what industry is doing now. And the industry is doing it because there are trillions of dollars to be made in coming years. So it's very tempting to just race ahead.
0: Uh, Professor Banjo, what are the positive applications that you can foresee for artificial intelligence, and how has it already positively affected what we do?
1: So AI is already deployed in uh, many industries, uh, in particular the the big tech uh, companies. So all uh, the search engine. Uh, social media, e-commerce, they pretty much all use AI as a central um, uh, tool and to select information that will be sent or pushed to people. But um, if we look at something maybe more exciting in terms of positive uses, I mean, this is worth a lot of money, but um, what I'm more interested in is the application of AI in areas um, that matter to people like medicine and the environment um, or all of the things that could potentially be done to better understand um, how we can provide food for everyone on Earth. So on the medical side, this is maybe the area where there has been uh, the most early progress. For example, uh, in my group and many other groups, uh, we have developed AI systems that can help recognize the content of medical images and so help medical doctors to detect problems. So these systems are not replacing doctors. They are not trained on enough data. They're not anything like the chat GPT we were discussing, that they're trained on a trillion data. Um, but they can still be extremely useful. And now there's not just the medical images, but more and more uh, development of AI in, in uh, the clinical setting and also in Drug discovery, which is another area in which I've been working, um, so there are already a few drugs that AI has helped to to discover. On the environment side, there's a lot that is going on to use again the the ability of um, AI to understand the content of images to help with um, modeling the Earth seen from satellite images. So this is used useful uh, in climate science. This is useful um, to help with modeling biodiversity. And um, there are also a lot of uh, explorations right now, a lot of excitement about using AI to help discover new materials, for example, for batteries, um, carbon capture, um, all kinds of things that could be transformative in coming years to help us fight climate change.
0: Do you think there is the... uh... Do you sense or have you had conversations with uh, people who have decision making powers that there's the will internationally to direct AI where you wanted to go to what you just described as opposed to allowing it to go rogue and uh, provide or at least produce that threat of nuclear weapons and pandemics and uh, the extinction of humanity?
1: Well, until recently, there was no awareness and, and not much will that could be detected to take these issues seriously. But in the last few months, uh, thanks to interviews like this one and, and many other discussions that are happening globally in the media, uh, with governments, um, I, for example, testified at the U.S. Senate just a few weeks ago. Um, it seems that the level of awareness of uh, the dangers and the risks um, has risen quite a bit. I. It hasn't, you know, uh, risen enough yet so that governments would take uh, this as a priority, uh, like other priorities, like you know, like healthcare and and so on, and the environment. Um, but but we see some movement in the right direction. Um, I've been appointed to provide advice to the UN Secretary General, so at that level there starts to be also concern. And in the last few years, there's been a lot of work to try to lay down the ethical principles that, you know, need to be respected when we develop and deploy AI. But now we we have to move to action, and hopefully this will happen quickly. But it will take much more education, because a lot of politicians simply don't understand what this is about. Most people don't understand what this is about. So those discussions are very important.
0: Yeah, to most people, AI sounds like uh, one heck of a search engine. But uh, but it's but it's far 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 more than that. Uh, in, in about thirty seconds, I have to ask you this, and it's not intended to be negative. But why was it allowed to uh, to develop in, in the manner that it has, and potentially pay place uh, or, or, or present a threat to the ex- to to the, to the existence of humanity? I can't even say the words.
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure I have all the answers to this, but. I think a lot of the people, including myself, who have been developing it, didn't think that it would be coming so quickly that we would build systems that would approach human intelligence. Uh, we thought it might be decades or centuries in the future, so we didn't worry too much and thinking, well, in the, in the meantime, we'll do things that are useful for society. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but I think now we are at an inflection point where we see, oh, the
0: progress has been much faster and it's something that's now concerning.